But we are very happy that you're here tonight. Uh, my voice isn't up to par tonight, so uh, uh, we're going to try to get through that. But if you're here tonight and you did not have the opportunity to partake of the Lord's Supper this morning, if you'll make your way to the little chapel uh, in the back of the uh, foyer there, somebody will take care of you and you'll be served at this time. Books of the Bible, y'all ready? Y'all help me out now. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Judges, Ruth, First Samuel, First Kings, Second Kings, First Chronicles, Second Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Psalms, God made me, God made me. 
everybody here tonight thank you for coming we have visitors tonight we are blessed uh, to have and we're honored to have you hope you'll come back anytime that you can I do want to remind you that our class in the annex is just going to stay here in the auditorium tonight so uh, please uh, remember that and just stay here in the auditorium uh, other uh, things we want you to take note of the golden circle luncheon will be this coming Tuesday at 11:30 in the annex also our food pantry and clothes closet will be open this Thursday from 9 until 10.30. Uh, we had an amazing number come last Thursday, 130 uh, for, the first, for the first week, which is, uh, I think, a record perhaps. But anyhow, we have a lot of people involved in this, and if you would like to be involved in that, we'd certainly love to have you. 
the Girls' Day at Leoma's this coming Saturday. Please sign the list in the floor if you plan to attend that. Also, if you would like to honor a loved one during the holiday season with a contribution to one of our ministries, there are forms for this available in the foyer, and you can return these to the office by December the 3rd. That's all the announcements that I have. Uh, will you bow with me in prayer and following that prayer? Uh, Hunter is going, Hunter Timms is going to lead our song for uh, our teachers to go to class. Will you bow with me? Our Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the day that you blessed us with. We're so thankful for all you do for us. We are mindful of your graciousness and goodness toward each one. Father, there are many that we know that are sick right now that stand in need of our prayers. We pray that you'll be with those that are attending to their needs, doctors and nurses or family members or whatever the case may be. And again, Father, those that are grieving over the loss of loved ones, we pray that your hand of comfort and strength would be upon them. Father, we are indeed thankful for the church here that meets at Boonville. We're thankful for all the good that's being accomplished here at this place. And Father, we pray that you'll bless our elders. We pray that you'll bless our deacons and the work that they do. And may this congregation continue to be a shining light in this community. Most of all, Father, we're thankful for your son, Jesus, who gave his life on the cross. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. I will be singing Blue Skies and Rainbows. Blue skies and rainbows and zombies from
Well, I have these signals. If you are normally in the Annex class, welcome here tonight. Doug had a little surgery done this week, and we don't want to overstress his vocal cords, so uh, he's going to get a short little break, although he taught his class over there at Landmark, which was, was great. Wish we had time to just go over that with you, but I appreciate Doug and the work he does, and I uh, hope he gets through all this safely and quickly. I'm going to mention these people who are sick. And if you have an update concerning their status, I would really appreciate that information. Or if you have someone you would like to add, we'll add them at the end. Irene Baker has terminal cancer. She's in pain most of the time now. Austin Wentz is taking a, a long series of treatments for cancer. He gets them about every other week. Wade Davis is still missing since June 22nd of a year ago. Bobby Petty is Joe Garrett's friend. He has lung cancer. Uh, his friend Paul Rollison died. Lex and Regina Crossan have health problems. Marty Woodruff has cancer. His health is declining. His wife, Donna, is in recovery from her treatments and has taken off work to care for Marty. Eli Johnson has cancer, undergoing a long series of treatments. Ann Langford is a friend of Lisa Peaks. She's going through some therapy, but doing pretty well. Emma Hutton has cancer. Paula Nichols, that is Rick's cousin, passed away from pancreatic cancer. Sharon Strickland has cancer. Grayson Miller has cancer. Linda Garrett's taking infusion treatments. Barbara Foster has breast cancer. Remember the Woodrows as they deal with some issues. Larry Muse is a friend of Joe's who has colon cancer. Lennox Kenimer and Micah McBrayer, our young children, have cancer. Sybil Tollison has Alzheimer's. That's a friend of the Ligans. And Carolyn's not been feeling well today. She's had a, a terrible headache all day. Jeremy Owens is Rita's son. He's in recovery. Loxley Eaton's taking treatments for cancer. John Roberts has neuropathy in her hands and feet. Eddie Kraft has liver cancer. Adam, are you here? You have an update? Okay. All right. That sounds good. Treva Brown's brother, Michael's undergoing some rehab. Jayla Ross is recovering at Shepherd's Clinic, going through rehabs, making some progress every day, seems like. Hope that continues. Sadie Downs is a local girl, has stomach cancer. Susan Wood has breast cancer. Johnny Derrick has lung cancer. Monique Brown is a friend of Missy's, has breast cancer. Billy Martin's friends, Christy Nash, uh, only has a few months left to live. Norma Hemwell is very sick, but Joan's caring for her. She's doing better. Good. How's your foot? Did they take the boot off and give you a... Okay, good. Bravo. 
I'm sorry, Brava. Uh, Joy Jameson's recovering. Rhonda Lansdale has breast cancer. Uh, Lisa Griffin's mother recovering from breast cancer. Dennis Brown is going to be at Vanderbilt through Christmas probably. Ruby Hughes is making progress slowly every day. Terry Ross needs a liver transplant. Sean Crum needs a liver and kidney transplant. Um, Sue's not feeling well. She's having some blood pressure issues. Uh, she likes you to know why she's not here. So she's probably watching us online. Junior Wilson has pancreatic cancer. Allie Johnson is undergoing chemo. Jonathan Bishop has cancer. Billy Deaton's doing, doing great. They were here this morning. Uh, Flora Warner, she's doing good today. Uh, she was at our devotional at Landmark and uh, very pleasant. Uh, Pat Hall has cancer. Derek Timms fell, uh, injured his back. Mike Johnson is recovering from his surgery. Jerry Ryan is very sick. This is um, Mickey Scott's friend. He's in the last stages of cancer. Ken Wade is Tom's uncle. He's got a lot of health issues, and, and he's not getting any better. Uh, Mary King uh, has a lot of health issues. Uh, she went to the hospital. She's at home now, but she is nursing a couple of blood clots. Brad Sloan has been recently diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Ben Roberts has some health problems. Nicole Jackson's son Levi's being treated. Denise Martin's mother's recovering. Nathan Cox has health problems. Gail Lang's mother, who's 97, is moving back into the house with her after having been at the nursing home. Dennis and Dot Worley had a previous accident, and they're being treated for some lingering problems related to that. Francis Hutchinson's son, Dylan Dowdy, has some health problems. Wendy Long's mother, Mary Sullivan, she had her heart surgery and is recovering. That's remarkable, isn't it? I mean, wow. She's doing great, I understand. Uh, John Roten, he was in the hospital this week for treatment. Okay. Okay. Moving to Landmark. That sounds like good news. All right, great. Um, Brian, is Brian here tonight? Okay, he's in security. Hey, Brian, I'm going to tell him. He's been having problems with his foot again. So he would re really like you praying for that, especially his his toe. That's the major concern right now. So we want to remember, Brian, that his circulation problems get, get better. And then, of course, uh, you heard this morning, if you had not heard before, Drew and Katie, they had a fire on Tuesday and burned their house down. Uh, but the hero was here today. And he, are you here, Cody? Okay. He says he's, co he, he's coming. He and his family are going to be here. So, I mean, there's tragedy and then there is God working through tragedy. And to me, that's just a great example of that. So 
I just hope a lot of good comes from what was awful. Anybody else? Virginia, you had someone. Where? In Oxford. Okay, so it, they're treating it, and she is she. Okay, is she doing okay? All right. All right. Wait, start over what? Okay. Right, uh, that's from South Africa. We're a big family, aren't we? Yes, Todd. Is that right, Neves? Okay. Okay, let's. Okay. And one more, right? Rick. Okay. Marilyn, you had your hand up. Don't want to miss you. I, I saw that. Okay. I can't, Sue, what, what's Sue's last name? Newcomb. Is that close? Okay. All right, let's have our prayer and then we'll begin our class. Our Father in heaven, thank you for this great day today. And thank you for the privilege, the blessing, opportunity to be able to assemble here tonight. We pray that we'll make good use of that. Thank you for the fellowship and encouragement that that brings. It's a joy to see the kids up front so involved. And 
remembering Bible things and singing, and it just it makes us feel young to participate in that too. We thank you. We pray, Lord, that you will bless these folks who are very sick in their recovery. We pray that you'll bring them to either a, a better state of health or for those who are dealing with terminal issues, we just pray comfort and a quality of days. We pray for Irene Baker and her family that she'll have good days, be with Austin Wentz as he continues after so long a time with these treatments. We pray they're being effective. We pray for the Davis family and their comfort in Wade's disappearance. And Lord, if there is some way to bring closure to this family, we pray that you will make that happen. Bless Bobby Petty, who has cancer. We pray for the Rawlison family in Paul's death. And uh, we pray for Joe in, in the loss of his friend. We pray for the Crossons that their health will improve. They can be back here, be with Marty Woodruff as he has a bad diagnosis with his cancer and bless his wife Donna as she tends to him. Pray for Eli Johnson and his treatments. Bless Ann Langford. We pray that these few weeks that she's had therapy are going to result in good health for her. Be with Emma Hutton who has cancer. We pray for Paula Nichols' family and for Rick and her death. We pray for Sharon Strickland, who has cancer. Bless Grayson Miller, who has cancer. Bless our Linda, that she will have good days as she hopefully receives the last of her treatments. Pray for Barbara Foster, who has cancer. Bless the Woodrows in, in their difficulties. We pray for Larry Muse, who's very sick with cancer. Bless the Kenimer and McBrayer families as they're seeking treatments for their children. Pray for Sybil Tollison, who has Alzheimer's, and be with the Liggins as neighbors that maybe they can offer support and encouragement. We pray for Carolyn, who's not well tonight. Bless Jeremy Owens in his recovery. Bless Loxley Eaton, who's taking treatments. We pray for Joanne Roberts that... Her situation would improve. Bless Eddie Kraft as he is through one phase of his treatment and pray that what's remaining he can cope with and get well. Bless Treva Brown's brother Michael. Bless Jayla Ross that she can come through this terrible accident and do well, that, that most, if not all, of her faculties will return. Pray for Sadie Downs, who's battling stomach cancer. Be with Susan Wood, who has cancer. Johnny Derrick, who has cancer. Monique Brown, who has cancer. Bless Billy Martin's friend, Christy Nash, who's not long for this earth. We pray for Norma Hemwell, and we're thankful she's doing better. Bless Joan, too, as she tends to her and... Also bless Joan as she's nursing this foot. We pray that she'll not have any um, long-term uh, complications from that injury. Bless Joy Jameson as he's uh, in a long time of recovery. Pray for Rhonda Lansdale in her battle with cancer. Bless Lisa Griffin's mother that she'll have a full recovery. 
Pray for Dennis Brown and his family as he's there in Nashville for an extended stay at Vanderbilt. Bless Ruby Hughes that she'll get better every day and be back with us. Pray for Terry Ross who needs a liver transplant and Sean Crum who needs a liver and kidney transplant. And we also pray for Sue who's not well tonight. Bless Junior Wilson who has cancer, Allie Johnson who has cancer, Jonathan Bishop who has cancer. We're thankful that Billy Deaton's doing so much better. We thank you for his incredible recovery. Bless Flora Warner that she will continue to have good days and bless Rick as he tends to her. We pray for Pat Hall who has cancer, for Derek Timms who fell and injured himself. Pray he'll have a full recovery. Pray for Mike Johnson in his recovery from surgery. Bless Jerry Ryan who's in last stages of cancer and Mickey too. Uh, just it, it hurts her heart even to talk about it. We pray your comfort on her. Be with Ken Wade as he's got a lot of health problems and I know Tom loves him and we just we pray, Lord, that you will help him have good days. We pray for Mary King as she's returned home but is nursing these blood clots and we pray that that's going to be rectified real soon. Be with Brad Sloan that uh, the MS will not progress very quickly. We pray for Ben Roberts that his health would improve. Be with um, Nicole Jackson's son, Levi, who's sick. Pray for Denise Martin's mother in her recovery. For Nathan Cox, who has some very health, uh, serious health problems. Pray for Gail Lang's mother as she tries to make adjustments moving back in with Gail. Bless Dennis and Dot Worley that they can get helpful treatments for their lingering issues. We pray for Francis Hutchinson's son, Dylan. She has health problems. Bless Mary Sullivan with a full recovery. Bless John Roten as he now has rehab at Landmark. And we pray that he will do great and feel so much better. We pray blessings on Brian Rowland as he's, he's having some problems with his foot again and circulation. We, we pray, Lord, that that thing would get better and that it would not be such, such a, a concern for him as it is now. We pray your blessings on Drew and Katie and Annie Kate. Uh, despite losing their home, um, we pray that you will bring blessings to their life and we thank you for so many who are even here tonight that pitched in to help them and we know that there's a lot that can't be restored but we're thankful that it is not the tragedy it could have been and we just pray Lord that you'll restore the things that they've lost to some degree. We ask your blessings on Kim Mormon who's had this brain bleed. We Pray that doctors are doing exactly what she needs to recover and pray for good results in the coming days. Bless Avito's family. We rejoice that he obeyed the gospel, but what a tragedy to end his life so young. And we just pray comfort for, for his family and for the church in South Africa. We pray for Ricky Neves, who's experienced the... The shock of, of being di diagnosed with the mouth cancer, and we pray 
that he'll get a good, good treatment for that and, and good results. We pray for Lewis Panel family in, in this death. We pray for Sheila Yarbra's family in her death. We just pray comfort for these who have lost loved ones. We pray for Sue as she recovers from having fallen. Uh, we pray that whatever's contributed to that has been discovered or will be discovered and that she'll not further injure herself. Lord, we pray blessings on us as, as we talk about your prophets of old. And we just pray, Lord, that you'll help us have a better appreciation for the role that they played in guiding your people to the best of their ability despite much rejection and uh, threats and uh, even in probably most cases a loss of life for standing up for what you said for the truth. We just pray, Lord, that you'll help us to appreciate their role, to learn some things that will benefit us in this modern age and just help us to grow closer to you and our knowledge in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so we're talking, about, we're talking about those guys who are referred to as major prophets. So I wanted to start, you know, the simplest place and ask, what, what is a prophet, by the way? What, what is a prophet? Somebody who foretells the future. Okay, prophets did that. How did they know the future? God told them, okay. Did they do anything else? I guess that's the most famous, that's the thing we most often talk about because that's exciting, right? Talking about the future, things that haven't even happened yet? Wow, that's amazing. Uh, what else? Okay, they carried God's word to the people. Actually, actually that's the thing. Did they foretell the future? Yes. But that future was conditioned upon what? What God had to say. God, God spoke the word to the prophet. And sometimes in that word, there was information about the future. But more often than not, what was happening in the future actually depended on what was happening right now. And actually, this, this to me is, I guess it would be a fun study all by itself, but a lot of times what the prophet was speaking about to come actually was conditional. It was conditioned upon what the people would do in the here and now. That then would indicate what is going to happen. So God will say, I'm going to punish you. That's going to happen. And there's the caveat. Unless, okay, unfortunately, <laughs> much, much of what you read about did come to pass because the people did not repent. They did not repent. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that, that happens. So we look to prophets as, well, two things. One is, we mentioned the foreteller, and then the other one is the fourth teller. God has spoken, 
They're just the communicator of that. Uh, in a lot of ways, they were like a preacher of today. The preacher speaks what? If he's a gospel preacher, he's going to speak God's word. He communicates God's word. Just like then, probably now, one who has the word of God on their heart and wants to communicate that to people has a burden on his heart, right? I want to see people saved. That's the burden. In the process of that, there's a lot of praying over people. Did the prophets of old pray? Yeah, a lot. In fact, much of what you would say their prayers were were supplications. What is a supplication? Pardon? Yeah, it is, it is a plea to God. Actually, the word that's translated supplication comes from a word that means like the, the lowest state of humility. And that's the begging aspect. I am just humbling myself before God, maybe on behalf of a name. Think about Moses when he prayed for the people. What did he do? He fell on his face. That's a picture of supplication, right? I, I have very literally, look at me, I have very literally fallen down on my face. So there is that. Now, I wanted to look at this text with you. This is from the book of Jeremiah. So turn to Jeremiah, and this will be one of the books that we actually delve into a little bit. Jeremiah chapter 18. I wanted to, I wanted to think about that scenario that I painted for you a moment ago. And, and that is outlined right here in this text. And here's the scenario. God says, I'm going to do this. But now hold on there. God makes that statement conditional. I'm going to do this if you don't repent. If you do repent, I'm going to hold back on my judgment related to you. You say, well, you know, what? I thought if God prophesies something, then, you know, the prophecy is going to stick. It's going to be held firm. Yeah, but if it's conditional, as is going to be outlined right here, then what, what happens in the future is sure depending upon these variables. Okay, watch this. And, and he, he uses an illustration, which is, I think, pretty beautiful. So the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, arise, go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and there he was, making something at the will. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter, so he made it again into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to make. Okay, I want to stop right there and just get the image what does the clay do for itself? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> it's just a lump of clay, right? But it's malleable. So who is, who is the operator on the clay? The potter is. Who has absolute control over this clay? Now, even if the clay were sitting there going, hey, you know what? I mean, I'm clay. I'm somebody. <laughs> okay, peace, but... You have, no, you, have, you, you have no control over yourself. The potter will form you into any image he chooses. You don't have control over that. The potter does, if you're the clay. So, the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter, so he made it into another vessel. Seemed good to the potter to make. 
the word of the Lord came to me saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter, says the Lord? Look, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. The instant I speak concerning a nation, concerning a king, now watch that. The instant I say it, to pluck up, to pull down, to destroy it. If that nation against whom I have spoken turns from its evil, I'll relent of the disaster that I thought to bring upon it. Now think, take, take that image as he's talking about that. I'm here looking at this nation and you know what? If it starts to turn from me, I could in a moment do what? I could squash it like a lump of clay within the moment. However, however, if it does, if it does what I wanted it to do, if it goes along the fashion of the manipulation that I have incited upon it as it stands in my hand, as I do with it as I will, then it's going to be fine. The nation I speak concern, uh, the instant I speak concerning a nation and concerning kingdom to build and to plant it, if it does evil in my sight so that it does not obey my voice, then I'll relent concerning the good which I said I would benefit it. So on the one hand, I have this nation that's not doing right. I squash it if I want to. Oh, I have this good nation. I said, I'm going to form it into a beautiful bowl. But all of a sudden, it has decided that it's not going to do right. My intention was to bless it and make it, make it a beautiful pot. I'm, I'm not even going to eat off of it. It's so beautiful, I'm going to set it on the shelf and just admire it. But if that, if that bulk of clay that had the intention to do right decides not to do right, what's he going to do? You know what? I told you I was going to bless you if you'd be faithful and you were, but now that you changed, I'll squash you. What happens to you is determined by your reactions, by how you obey or disobey me. Verse 11. Now, therefore, speak to the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying this, this kind of fits with our lead into Isaiah. Thus says the Lord, behold, I am fashioning a disaster and devising a plan against you. Return now, everyone from his evil way and make your ways and your doings good. Okay, God says, you know what? This, this, this is going the wrong way. This is going the wrong way. I'm going, I am going to punish my people. I'm telling you this now. Because of what reason? Yeah, I, I've got you right. I'm about to squash you. I'm about to take action against you. I am begging you to repent and change your ways. Because if you'll do that, what? I won't squash you. Uh, have you thought about, uh, uh, this, this came to my mind today, and I, I thought it was beautiful. This is in Jonah Chapter three. Okay, so the first time that Jonah is told by God, in fact, it's in the opening verse. It's the first minute. God says, Jonah, go to Nineveh. Jonah packs up, he gets on the ship and he goes to Tarshish, right? He goes the opposite direction. Watch this, chapter three. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah 
the second time. Between the first instance when he ran away and now, what had happened? <laughs> he got swallowed by the great fish. He changed his mind <laughs> about it, right? Okay, so uh, here's Jonah in the hand of God. God decides I'm not going to squash you and said I'm going to do what? you up inside this big fish. Okay, so he comes to his senses, however reluctantly, but now he's on his way to Nineveh. Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, preach to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose, he went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a three-day journey in extent. Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk. He cried out and said, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Okay, here's the message of Jonah. And it is a declaration by God. And think about what God has already said. I'm going to pass judgments on you. And here's what's going to happen. I will give you the future. I will tell you what it is going to be like if you do not obey. And if you don't obey, this is exactly going to come to pass. And by the way, there is plenty of scripture wherein the indication was you better do right and repent, just as Jeremiah said, but they did not repent. And then what happened? They were carried away into Babylonian captivity and everything that was prophesied concerning them came to pass. In fact, when we get to Isaiah, Isaiah even predicts the very man by name who's going to release them. I mean, the details are unbelievable. But that aside, God says, if you'll be faithful, I'll bless you. Even though you've erred, if you will repent, I'll bless you. If not, in the case of Nineveh here, yet 40 days and I'm going to destroy you. So Jonah, however reluctantly, is going around and he is preaching that message. But watch this. So the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast, put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. The word came to the king of Nineveh. He arose from his throne, laid aside his robe, covered himself with sackcloth and ashes, a picture of repentance. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles. Here's what he says. Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily to God. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Now stop right there the violence that is in his hands. We're going to repent of what we have done and then we're going to take note of our propensities and we're going to stop that too. We are no longer going to be people against this God who has, who has called judgment upon us. Who can tell if God will turn and relent, turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish? Verse 10, then God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. Okay, now stop right here. God says, Jonah, this is really important. I need you to go to Nineveh and proclaim my message at 40 days, and Nineveh will, will be destroyed. First time God says do that, Jonah knows. I, I get the sense Jonah knows what's going to happen. I'm going to go down there. I'm going to preach that. They're going to repent. No, thank you. I'm going the other way. God stops him. 
convinces him to do the right thing. Nineveh comes the second time he goes, or Jonah is told, comes the second time, God gives him the word, he goes and he proclaims the disaster that is imminent. Mark you well, had those people not repented, what would have happened in 40 days? 40 days and this city is going to be destroyed. No doubt about it. Why do you say that, Ken? How do you know? Because it didn't actually come to pass. They repented. Have you read the book of Nahum? 100 years later, the minor prophet, minor prophet, goes to Nineveh and essentially preaches the same message. And yet this hundred years later, they had forgotten the God that they were so afraid of the first time. And what did God do? God destroyed Nineveh. Why did he do that? Said he would. The clay in his hand. If you will repent, what will God do? Oh, I'll, 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 I'll change my mind on that. If you do not, what will happen with the prophecy? It will be, it will be fulfilled. So we looked at some examples. What happened here with Jonah and Nineveh and Nahum? Those, those apply to all these prophets. When a prophet received a message about the future concerning good or bad, blessings or curses. He know exactly what was going on there every time? Uh, yes and no. Um, there's an interesting text here in First Peter. We're going to look at that in a second. But I was, I was thinking a lot of times, like in Isaiah, you'll have prophecies made that really have twofold applications. A lot of times it has an application for them to the here and now. This actually applies here. But what we find out, we're scooting along through history and think nothing else about it. I'm sure the rabbis never detected anything. And all of a sudden we come to the New Testament with Jesus and now Matthew is saying, oh, this is that which was spoken by the prophet. And people are like, wait, what? We thought that was fulfilled way back here. Well, it was but it had a twofold application. Not only did it apply to that moment and that fulfillment, but it foreshadowed something that was to come and turns out unbeknownst to most people that that also had fulfillment in this case in, in the life of Jesus. Look at this text from 1 Peter chapter 1 at verse 10. Now this is talking about the biggest thing of all. You know, where, where did the planning for our salvation begin? Ephesians 1 says it began where? Before the foundation of the world. So this wasn't something that God's like, oh, we got a mess here. We better fix this. That is not how that happened. God's been working on things way before anything could even happen. Contingencies upon contingencies. So... Here is 1 Peter chapter 1. And, and this is beautiful because it includes how the prophets were used in the process of that. It says of this salvation, the prophets have inquired and searched carefully. For instance, we think of Isaiah here. Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 is a prophecy concerning what? The 
virgin birth. Now, did you know that in a few chapters later in Isaiah, there's actually talk of a virgin and the birth of a child taking place there. Was Isaiah talking about that? Well, maybe immediately. However, we find out in Matthew chapter one that actually that prophecy pertained to none other than whom? Jesus Christ, the son of God. Okay, so of this salvation, of, of that, the prophets, they're, they're hearing all this stuff that God's saying. For instance, we've got these major and minor prophets. What makes the difference? You got four of them that are major prophets. They're only major because they write big books, <laughs> okay? They're no, more, they're no more or no less prophet than like Micah is. It just happens that when you compare Isaiah and Micah, a lot of what they have to say is very much the same. However, Micah's book was just this long compared to Isaiah, which is 66 chapters. That's the only difference. They're all prophets. 16 prophets who actually wrote books that are included in, in our Bible. Powerful messages which were directives, here's how you must behave. There it is, that clay in the hand of the potter, God Almighty. So these prophets are going along and they're hearing these things that God is saying. They're writing it down or they're speaking it under threat of death to the people of their times that have application to the people, but also far reaching applications. What, what do you mean? Well, the prophets inquired and they searched carefully who prophesied of the grace that would come. And he says to you, you become the beneficiaries of that. Searching what or what manner of time the spirit of Christ who was in them was indicating when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. To them, it was revealed that not, not to themselves, but to us, they were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things which angels desire to look into. Okay, so they're receiving these prophecies and like, man, what in the world, what is going on? Oh, this pertains to the salvation of all people. Oh, really? Like, what in the world? How, how do we play into that? It says, well, actually you don't. You know, you're, you're a cog in the machinery of God's uh, divine plan. So you're a cog in that. You have a part to play, but this actually doesn't pertain to you. And so the prophets, they're searching that and they're like, well, how, how do I benefit? Well, that, that's not really for you, but you are a part of it. That is the bigger picture of all of us living our life by faith. Why? Because God can use a person whose life is driven by faith. If I choose to be unfaithful to God, how do I fit the plan? <laughs> uh, that's, that's not a good picture, but that, that's it, right? I mean, you have chosen to separate yourself from God using you in the accomplishment of his ultimate plan for salvation. So these prophets, they want to know more about that, but they're like, yeah, I'm a part of that. Oh, wow. I get this prophecy concerning the virgin birth. Yay. Amazing. Even angel, did angels have the whole picture of what was going on? No, but were they instrumental in the plan? A absolutely. Absolutely. In, in fact, even, I mean, the clearest picture of that is Jesus living. Were angels involved in his life? 
Absolutely they were from the very beginning all the way to the end and beyond. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Another text that we wanted to look at tonight is Deuteronomy chapter 18. You say, okay, well, so God says this will happen and it does happen. The prophet who carries that, like Jonah, he proclaims the message. Here's what's going to happen. If you'll repent, God will relent. Well, you know, there were a lot of nations round about who saw the work of these prophets and the acclaim that they received. Wow, look what this guy can do. And they're like, you know what? I can do that. I can do that. I can prophesy. I can tell of things to come. I'll just represent my own God. You know that God spoke concerning that a long time ago. And he gave a, he gave a pretty good litmus test for prophecies way back in the book of Deuteronomy 18 that ought to, be, ought to be used quite a lot today, I would think, in measuring prophets, quote unquote prophets. So Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 20, 21, 22. If a, uh, the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet shall die. If you say in your heart, how, how shall we know the word which the Lord has not spoken? Here it is, verse 22. When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not happen or come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of him. Okay, why is he using these words? Interesting. Remember we were talking about the prophets, how that when they approach God, they supplicate. Sometimes they fall way down on their faces. They cover themselves up with dust and put on sackcloth. I mean, they're just, they are humbled to the dirt. You know what presumption is? It is the height of arrogance. God says, it just, it make, it, aside from the fact that they aren't prophets, it makes me sick to think of someone who would presume to speak for me a lie. Now that's how God feels about it. You can process that when you hear these men and women today who stand up who are going to speak a word for God, a word they received in the night or some other communication. Lord, help us all. We ought to be able to discern better than that. I guess our time's up. So thank you for your attention tonight. Um, next week, I'm not going to be here, but Adam is going to be teaching the Bible class. So you can be looking forward to that. And when I get back, you will have already read through Isaiah. Yeah? Yeah, we'll do it. So you read through Isaiah and I will share some points with you related to that book. Let's have a prayer together to dismiss and then uh, we, will, we will part. Father, thank you for this day, for your blessings, for this time we can just wet our whistle about prophecy. Thank you for these men who stood in the gap and who loved people enough to tell them the truth. Help us to be that way. Please bless us, Lord, as we study these books and 
give us, give us that wisdom that we built over the last few months to apply to these things that we can grow in our knowledge of you and your way. Help us, if nothing else, to learn what it is, truly be faithful and stand our ground with you. Bless us as we go out of this place. Keep us safe. In Jesus' name, amen.